This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Taco Tuesday. I'm bringing it up because two weeks ago, we were at the actual launch for the new Toyota Tacoma. and Also Toyota, on a Tuesday. Uh, also on a Tuesday. Toyota was leaning very heavily into the Taco Tuesday joke. I'm warning you now, if you haven't seen it already, good morning, by the way. Your entire <laughs> feed today is going to be the Toyota Tacoma, if you like cars at all, if you pay attention yes. to automotive at all, because Toyota has had total lockdown trying to get people to not share so that Everyone shares today, and we're on that list. Everyone can share. Yes, we're, we're gonna. We're, we have a video out today, so I hope you watch it. Yes, the Tacoma was actually announced when mm -hmm. I went to Hawaii back in May 2023 to the Grand Highlander launch because it is Hawaii's best-selling pickup for Crazy. 22 straight years, 22 million yeah. straight years. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they've been building the Tacoma, the last generation Tacoma, that long. So the new generation is actually big news, and it does come out today. Our video is on the Test Drive channel, as yep. Todd mentioned, and we're very pleased to bring you both street and off-road driving. Mm -hmm. This is all mm -hmm. from the press launch. Yep. So it's not a comparison to any other truck, but we really really liked it a lot the videos out there and all the specs there's eight different flavors please watch the video and it's amazing uh, absorb the goodness of the new taco <laughs> there's so much and here's the thing the two highest inversions weren't really around much mm -hmm. the the trd pro with the crazy seats and the new trail hunter version were sitting there to be like oogled but yet couldn't be driven, all right? So we didn't get to experience the new crazy <laughs> That's what seats. everybody did when they walked in. Absolutely. Oh, Ooh, there that is. There, yeah, exactly. So, so those were there, but not driven, which means that will be some launch some other time or another car will get. And again, these press launches, they're good and bad. We like going. We appreciate being invited. Absolutely, yes. Doing what we do at a press launch is very difficult. Yeah. And so and also because we are perfectly happy to come and we know we know this is not a Toyota thing. This is every manufacturer. There's the unspoken reality of the press launch. Let me fly you somewhere. Let me put you up in a nice hotel. Let mm -hmm. me feed you. Shouldn't you say nice things? And yes. we try very yes. hard to be objective. And that is not actually something we worry about when we're on these launches. But the thing that I that I do miss when we're at the launches is we don't have a way to compare anything. We're comparing exactly. off of the yes. stuff we've driven prior that we remember, which is never as good as seat to seat. So we love getting these things later and doing a compare. Hopefully we can do a truck compare down the line. But again, the new Taco, everyone is going to be talking about it because it's Taco Tuesday and Toyota wants it that way. So welcome to the madness. If you're looking for dinner ideas, you're also welcome. Guess what they served us while we were there. <laughs> yes. And speaking of seat to seat time, the seats are only available. Those are called isodynamic seats. We are calling it now. Seat wars are coming. I think you're right. The seat wars. I think because you're right. vertical and lateral shock absorption in your seats. And if Toyota is smart, we're going to extrapolate to the new 4Runner mm. whenever that comes mm. out because the 4Runner is coming shortly after. Sure, I'm yeah, sure yeah. it is. Put those seats in the 4Runner TRD Pro. Oh, oh, oh. This reminds me of... Take I, my money. <laughs> when I was in high... I can't believe we're coming full circle to this. When I was in high school, I had a, one of my very best friends. His dad had a scout, the old school scout. Like the 50s, 60s Scout. Nobody okay? could have seen Volkswagen purchasing the Scout and bringing totally. it back as an EV. So I only got driven around in that car a couple times because it just the way it worked out it was almost always getting driven by his mom. But I remember getting driven by his dad in the Scout. Okay. He was the only one that drove it okay. a couple times. And we rode on the back bench. And we laughed the entire time because this old classic Scout, back to your seat wars comment. <laughs> Think about this. This is the 50s or 60s. It was really old. It had springs but no dampers because it was the full off-road scout. But it was his ah. dad's daily, and the seat had a damper in it. Oh, The driver's right. seat only, so not cool. the passenger seat, not the rear seat. So we're on the back bench bouncing around everywhere <laughs> we went, and we're high schoolers, and we thought it was hysterical, and we couldn't stop laughing. Right. And we'd watch his dad just hover in space. That's awesome. And I'm thinking, that was old school tech. Now we've gone so far into, I need my truck to do crazy off-roading that manufacturers are coming back to, what if the seat had shock absorption? Oh, man. A buddy of mine on the swim team drove a Scout, too. It was really jankified. It was <laughs> They're not all good, jankified. But when you're yeah. in high school, you don't care what you it looks care. like. Yeah. But everybody thought the Scout was so cool. Yeah. It was. All right, so the Tacoma's coming, and also the new Porsche Panamera has been introduced. Mm -hmm. Porsche has only told us about the Turbo E-Hybrid, which has 670 horsepower. 
Wow. More than the Cayenne GT. It's it's crazy power. It's crazy power. It starts at 192,500 euros. No. Starting price. This is a $200,000 sedan. And they've killed the Gran Turismo cool wagon. Yes. Which so really bums me out. Get your Sport Turismos now. They looked so if cool. If you were looking at them. But the coolest thing is suspension. Hopefully you've read a little bit about the new suspension because the standard suspension is now Porsche Active Suspension Management. Mm-hmm. That is the dual chamber two valve air suspension. That's standard. There's an even wider range between comfort and sport. But Porsche has outdone themselves <laughs> with an optional oh, suspension. Man. You can get it's called Porsche Active Ride. Mm-hmm. It's an option for mm-hmm. all of the e-hybrid models, and this is now the basis for newly developed active shock absorbers, according to Porsche Newsroom. Also, two-valve technology connected to an electrically operated hydraulic pump, but it generates forces between the body and wheels in a lightning-fast, highly precise and targeted manner. You can even control it with your iPhone. People are doing iPhone demonstrations on I've the already internet, seen that. and I. Can't understand why you need your iPhone to make your car bounce. I'm every bit as baffled as you what are. What did I miss? What, what, the, the, Where did the I thing. go wrong? Apparently, the manufacturers got a memo, and Ford's answer was, "We're going to make it possible for you to take the new Ford Mustang and rev it from your key fob because the world needed that." And now Porsche's answer. Apparently, they all got the same memo. Porsche's answer was, "From your iPhone, you're going to make the car be able to lift it, lift and compress itself on its suspension in the parking lot," which we already made fun of when Mercedes did it. <laughs> That's true. With the GLS. That's right. And we literally bounced through a McDonald's drive-through. Bouncy bounce because it was bouncy bounce mode. Sand mode. Yeah, but but of course you're going to use it in the middle of the concrete because of course you are. But I, I don't understand why this exists. I don't need to remotely make my car do anything, with the possible exception of turn on and turn on the heated seats because it's really cold out. Short of that, there's nothing else on the I mean, list. Low riders have been doing this for decades. Bag oh, low yeah. riders. Oh yeah, yeah. They've been doing this remotely mm-hmm. and making the car hop yep. without somebody in it. I mean, if yep. you're in it, it's pretty uncomfortable. But they've been doing this already for a long time. <laughs> you're right. Porsche you're look right. at that and be like, you know, they're onto something here. <laughs> Can you imagine the Germans going, hey, <laughs> we need to make the Panamera bounce. What's up, everybody? What is going on over there? I've heard the squat and dive. It controls squat and dive on the Panamera amazingly well. I'm sure it's great when you're driving. Why are you doing it from your phone? But the phone thing? Okay, so Ford has the fob, Toyota's yes. got the seats, and Porsche's got the suspension. This is the future of cars, everyone. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy. Our Topic Tuesday comes to us from Jason Kay, who asks if people are out to get us car enthusiasts. Jason sends us this email with some really depressing photos of his bright red Supra, which he parks outside in the parking lot. He had nicely tucked it into Paul parking. It was a corner space, nicely backed in, put with a Covercraft car cover, and kind of put to sleep. And he went out one day and thought it looked weird. He didn't really see it from the front, but he thought it looked weird. He walked around to discover that essentially the driver's side front quarter panel that had a massive hit, torn the car cover, ripped off the bumper. I mean, a a major wreck in the driver's side front corner of this car while it was parked. The person who hit Jason's car did not leave a note. And the steering wheel club handle, which was mounted on the wheel, was canted hard to the right, which smashed the iDrive inside the car. Mm. 
Whoever did this, Jason thinks they did it with enough force to make it seem intentional, at least to Jason. Okay. The police came. There were some clues and the investigation continues as of this email. There's no clear answers. There are no cameras, no witnesses in the vicinity of the apartment complex. And he did send photos, as Todd mentioned. But to add insult to injury, Jason's insurance company offered only a modest estimate for the repairs. And after calling around local recommendations from others, he discovered most body shops are unwilling to work with his insurance company. Wow. They've got concerns with dealing with his particular insurer in the past. He does not mention no names Mm -hmm. and refused to do business unless Jason was willing to accept the financial risk of going out of pocket for the supplemental repairs that are required. Wow. Which meant the only BMW certified collision repair shop in the entire region was not an option. Mm. So a lot of back and forth. Jason ultimately decided to throw himself at the mercy of insurance company's recommended body shop and is now waiting for the repairs to finish up. The entire situation has led Jason to feel that other people are out to get us car enthusiasts. Okay. And part of him also feels that he somehow allowed this to happen by parking it on a surface lot that wasn't garaged, washing it every two weeks, using the complimentary wash bay at their apartment complex. Did people feel jealous or angry seeing a fun, bright red sports car? Needless to say, the past couple of weeks have really dampened his enthusiasm. If our cars are simply going to get wrecked or targeted by others who carelessly treat their own cars, should all we do is just stick it in a garage to defend it? Hmm. Jason, thanks for writing. Hmm. Jason, I'm going to start here. We try really carefully to stay away from politics on this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to delve into politics now, but I'm going to make kind of a, a general observation. Politically, and now unfortunately socially, this country, a lot of the world in general, but I'll just speak about the U.S., is very concerned right now about us versus them. Mm. Who's your us? Mm. Who's your them? Well, it's been going on okay. forever with sports teams, it's sports been, rivalries. Yes, but it's been, going on, it's been going on forever. And I think with the current political discourse, it has gotten, I mean, we've all seen it. It has gotten uh, violent, frankly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has gotten unforgiving. People have lost all grace. You have your group, your us, you have your them, and they are stupid, evil, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't care what topic you're talking about. Yes, it starts with politics, but I think it's leading into everything else. I'll give you a place you have to put on a hazmat suit for, and it's that is the Facebook for neighborhoods called Nextdoor. No oh one ever gosh. is on Nextdoor with good news. Good news, everybody. It's a sunny day and the neighborhood's <laughs> wonderful. Nobody's ever on Nextdoor for that. It's always us versus them. We're always so angry. Mm. Jason, I want to give you a general thought, but I think it extends beyond your car debate into a lot of things. I don't think anyone's targeting you. I think we all, all of us as humans, when something happens to us that hurts us, emotionally, financially, physically, whatever, that was done to us by another person, we want to think it was deliberate. We want to think, how dare you? I'm existing here. What's going on? Sure. Okay. But I think nine times out of 10, that person wasn't thinking anything about us prior to event X happening. Those car enthusiasts, there they are again. Uh, These pictures you sent are nasty, man. They're They're nasty. But but what I think happened is I think this was a late night, maybe inebriated, maybe not, but somebody backed into your car Mm -hmm. with effort in something large and they didn't see the small car behind them and they backed into your car and once they realized what they'd done, they drove away. The only time (laughs) I think your nice car entered the equation is because they thought, oh, that's going to be expensive before Mm. they left. Mm, But I think up until the moment in which they hit your car, I don't think you crossed their mind. You know, Jason, I can sympathize and empathize. I had this very thing happen to me. Mm. It was with the Audi Avant that I had, the 2004 Avant Ultrasport that I really liked. It was the car that I had when Todd and I started Everyday Driver. I had it when you had your Z, mm-hmm. actually. I know, I remember, yeah. And we did a review on it. And it was uh, it was lame. The review was lame. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it was our first I, review ever. I did a ever. terrible review of we, it. Neither one of us did well. Yeah. Well, it's an Audi. It's a wagon. It's an Ultrasport. I mean, who, what's not to like? It's cool, right? And that got hit while it was covered. I lived mm-hmm, in a, mm-hmm. a townhome in Los Angeles at the time, and I had to park that outside because I had the Cayman in the garage. But I parked outside and it was under the car cover and people would see me washing it. I took care of that car. People saw how well I took care of it. And that it was a shared driveway with Mm -hmm. other neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I came out one morning to find the car cover ripped. The sheet metal underneath, it was the left front driver's quarter panel bashed into. There were no cameras, no witnesses, just like yours, Jason. And somebody said, oh, yeah, the guys over there, they were like wheeling in tall stack of beer, like either a keg or something into their townhome. (laughs) 
and they must have wheeled it right into your car. I was like, ah, but I have no proof. I can't confront mm-hmm. them. I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. ring their doorbell and say, hey, what am I going to say? Sure. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. dude, whatever, man. <laughs> so I just Bummer, man. Terrible. Sorry I, it happened. <laughs> sorry, dude. Slam, click. Uh-huh. Yeah. What am I going to do? I, I can't do a thing about mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. it felt like I was targeted because don't you know how precious my Audi was to me? Don't you know how mm. nice this car is? And that started me along with the first Cayman ownership, started me down the road of being less precious with my cars, even though mm. I am. Sure. I admit to I that. Yeah, I'm yeah. the first to raise my hand about yeah, preciousness yeah. with cars. And I've been trying to change that for a long time and f- trying to figure out, okay, it's, it's still just a car. I can get this fixed. The front quarter panel on that Cayman was damaged when I bought it. And I never ended up having it fixed. So I could tell the next owner, you could have it fixed. So you know exactly how it's been mm-hmm. done. Yeah, 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 It's a selling point now. <laughs> but it, it never happened. And so I did get the Audi fixed and everything was fine. I just felt like, man, I felt assaulted. I felt violated. Yeah. As yeah, a yeah. car enthusiast, those things that are precious to us that we want to show off, but we don't want anybody to touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt so violated my space was violated can't you see the car cover so jason i uh i actually bought large traffic cones <laughs> <laughs> i do remember do you this. remember this i remember this visual yeah yeah the the, the big full-size ones the ones that are like three and a half feet tall the big ones i mean bright orange does uh, not with the reflectors on the top the, they got the extra reflectors on the top yes yeah. I bought a couple of those and I put them out on round my newly fixed Audi because I had to keep parking it in the same space. You put them in the corner spots. Yeah. I put them right on the corners. It never got hit again. So maybe it helped, but I'm sure I was being laughed at. I know I was being laughed at by all my neighbors. Like Mm -hmm. there's that car obsessed guy again. I maybe took measures to the extreme. I admit doing that. And it's one of those things we got to do what we got to do. But I'm with Todd. In no way do I think you were targeted. I Mm -hmm. feel like somebody went, oh man, that was a big crunch. I mean, somebody backed into my Cayman, yeah. uh, my blue Cayman uh, a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. It was parked during an event. I was looking at, it was the Parade of Homes in Park City. And yeah, yeah. some realtor with a Suburban backed into my car, didn't look and backed right into it. And fortunately, a note was left and I got it fixed. But just thought, you know what? <sighs> Grr. What can yeah. I do? Not drive the car, mm-hmm. leave it sitting in my garage because it's a beautiful day and I want to drive my Cayman. So I did. And that's what happened. And Jason, I really empathize. I feel badly, but that's where we're at with cars. I mean, we love these things. Our love for them isn't going to stop. Agreed. And and Jason, in no way, again, I want to hit on it again. I don't think anybody did this on purpose. And, and if anything, people seeing you take care of your car, kind of like your Audi, Paul, I think it's like, if, if you've ever been to somebody's house that's really, really nice, it's like a gorgeous house, but they are so meticulous about how you interact with your house, you really don't want to go back. I just... I, I'm probably that guy. No, you're, you're not. You're I'm not. probably but, that But, but that I, I've met those people where it's like, this is a really nice place. I don't need to ever go back there. Because while I was invited, I don't feel welcome. The reality I'm saying is, if anybody noticed you taking good care of your car, and I think the percentage of people in your area that noticed is probably small. Those that noticed, the last thing they'd want to do is hurt that car. Because they don't want to have to deal with you. (laughs) With your wrath. Because you like your car. (laughs) Right. Okay? This is, I think this is 100% an accident. I think it was somebody not paying attention. But the flip side of this is also, we all have our things. We're back to us versus them. We all have our things that we feel very passionate about. And we forget that there are people on the other side of the equation that use those things. Cars is the best example that they aren't passionate about at all. Mm -hmm. You're passionate about your car. You will know if anything is wrong with it. And I bet you 90% of the cars in the parking lot of where you live, that person... It's just car. So you're extra aware. And that makes you extra concerned about, is somebody coming from my car? I think this is full-on accident. Person got spooked. Maybe they were drunk. Who knows? But I think this was an accident. Not paying attention. And they drove uh, away because they were like, the last thing I wanted, they should have left a note. Of course they should have. But the last thing they wanted to do was have to pay for your car. mm -hmm. Because the other thing about it is, think about it this way. Think about a person who is actually driving a car they don't care about. They don't want to run their car into yours because they're now their car is damaged too. There's no there's no upside. There, my point is there's no upside to damaging your car on purpose with their car because now their car is damaged. Unless you own an Icon derelict. Then it just adds character. 
It's add to the patina, and it's still crazy powerful. <laughs> this is a fresh smash on the front end. Well, it looks like it's been there for 50 years. It, it's well, awesome. Great. Yeah, this is, this is a parking lot hit and run, man, and I'm sorry that it happened. And you're right. A perfect world, we would all have really nice heated and cooled garages. I'm thinking about that now because it's winter here in Park City. We'd all have really nice heated and cooled garages with uh, 24-hour security and a lock. And we can only get the cart when we decide to, and people would keep their distance. And the reality is, none of that is true. I mean, you may have a garage, but but I mean, I, invariably, I end up having some sort of car that parks outside. As do you. These are just the re- the realities of car ownership. And I, we've had yeah. these conversations, these car debates before, where people say they don't want certain kinds of cars in certain neighborhoods because their neighborhood is bad to cars or it's not safe for cars on the street. I totally understand that that happens. That's not the story you've told here, man. So yeah. there, you have to kind of think yeah. about, do I want to take my car to certain areas? I have it in certain areas. I remember when my wife and, and son and I were recently in San Francisco, we watched an out-of-town car get targeted in an actual area by thieves pulling bags out of the back. We watched that happen. Did you really? Yeah, we watched that happen. No kidding. We'd heard it was possible, and we watched it happen right in front of us. <laughs> The guys pull up, local guys pull up, they're in hoodies and they're dressed and they've oh got the little gosh. glass smash things on their hands Ugh. and they pull up next to the people with the out-of-state plates. We had decided before we went to San Francisco, we were going to park our car and just take public transit everywhere mm. because we were able to park it at the hotel. I understand this stuff happens, Jason. I just don't think this is your situation. I'm sorry it happened. I don't think anyone's out to get you. I hope this place that's working on your car does a phenomenal job. Yeah, agreed. Jason, I still love looking at cars. I have to look at cars on a daily basis because they're art to me. I hear you. And what a beautiful thing. When you see beautiful cars, what do people do? Oh my gosh, what is that? Usually it's a Ferrari, but Todd drives a Ferrari Elise. That's or funny. Something. Shouldn't they all be, come with huge steel bumpers and be just painted in Rhino Liner? I mean, isn't that the way we yes. use cars? Isn't that how they should be done? Yes. Uh huh. Okay, that's the solve. You could just spray your car with Rhino Liner. <laughs> just get your super back, put knobby wheels on it, like 16s with a big knobby tire, yes. spray it in Rhino Liner, done. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, You'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars. One search. Nick is in New York. Nick needs a cool band vehicle. Okay. Nick is also writing about British Jank Challenge number 3052... No, I'm sorry. This this is at least our second British Jank Challenge. He got quite inspired by our show, but I don't understand exactly what piece of inspiration we led to that he has now bought himself, or actually has, a 1976 Triumph Spitfire that he said, short of uh, the horn blowing out one of the car's three fuses and the clutch fork pin literally falling out of the bottom of the car, which cost him $3.50 to replace, besides these things... Oh, by the way, he had to pull the transmission through the interior to fix that. It's been reliable. Reliable is all those things. Not really the word I'd use. Here's the thing I'm going to say to you, Nick. It hasn't been expensive to maintain. That's what I would go with. But you reliable. Did have to pull the transmission out through the interior. When you're pulling the transmission out through the interior, I think the word reliable can no longer be applied. But anyway, yeah. Nick, please tell me you have photos of you doing that. I would love to see it. Yeah. Nick also has a 2016 Mini Cooper S six speed. It's still on the road. <laughs> he loves that car, actually. That's kind of a weird sentence. Mm-hmm. But he drives this car year-round, even in winters. The car eats corners and turns head, except the heads of those at Starbucks drive through because they always look straight ahead instead of down because <laughs> the thing's so low. He's talking about the Triumph Spit- Spitfire, not the Mini there. But the Mini, the relationship that Nick has with the Mini is a fiery one, full of intense mm. joy and passion, but also screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I know is, is the hallmark going. of a very fiery, great relationship. Absolutely, right? yes. He loves driving the car. It's got a Borla exhaust. Oh, he's chuckle-inducing pops and bangs. Love it. But it set him back. He also spent money on the Mini. The ABS module computer failed, locking his rear brakes. So with a $3,500 replacement module, rear brake rotors, pads, and calipers, along with three run-flat tires that on three different occasions failed him, he spent eight grand fixing the Mini. So he's still kind of mad at it. 
up until he chucks it into a corner. So what's interesting here is we have this old 1976 Triumph Spitfire, <laughs> which has been, well, a 1976 Triumph Spitfire. But, but, inspired. At least, but at least it hasn't been expensive. I'm so proud of that. And then we have this Mini that he loves, but it has just been a hole in his budget to keep it running. Nick is thinking he changed jobs. His commute is gone. Now he's got a job that provides him a 26-foot straight truck to take home and lets him make his own hours. So with his extra time, he's embracing other hobbies, especially music. Mm. And now he only drives the Mini twice a week, once to transport a hand cycle and a mountain bike to the local rail trail without a bike rack. Wow. He says it fits both in the Mini with the seats down. That's impressive. Okay. Also, once a week, he transports his drum kit and bass amp in the back of the Mini. So it's got him thinking, do I really need this? Do I, do I need it? Yep. Or would a beer, bigger vehicle be used? Would that be better to transport musical equipment and his three bandmates? Would that make more sense? What's happened here is that they have had a, uh, how does he put it here tactfully? The, the bands had a reshuffling of people. And now- New lead singer? Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's been a lineup change, as he says it. We used to put their gear in the old bassist Tundra. I'm suggesting there that the old bassist is no longer with the band. So now right. everyone else in the band lost has- the Tundra and a bassist. Exactly. The, the, you should, the problem with losing the bassist in that scenario is, is you also lost your transport. But the yeah. point here is, everybody else in the band drives Subaru Impreza's. So we have three Impreza's and a Mini and a need to go around to gigs. So it means that they are renting minivans to pack all four of them and their gear into Chrysler Pacificas when they need to go to gigs where they have to actually transport themselves. So he's thinking, should I sell this Mini that I like, but it costs me a lot, and spring for a larger vehicle? And basically, should he buy the band car, which is an interesting twist we have not had before. But then there is his own twist. He really likes small cars. He loves the small car, the Mini. He likes the Triumph Spitfire. What he really wants to do is get rid of the Mini, because again, it's costing him money, and buy the car he is obsessing over, a Fiat 124 Spider Abart, the Fiat. He says, maybe I'll just tell his bandmates that he provides the practice space, and they can figure out the transport for their increasingly frequent gigs. Good for you on that. I smell success. Mm -hmm. Send the music, Nick. We want to hear it. Or is it time to end his British Jank challenge and sell both the two differently colored Spitfire and find <laughs> a clean MG midget? Hmm. He hears they have better steering or back to the point. Should he be responsible? Is there any large vehicle that he could lust after for under $40,000? I've got a really small car, but I'm going to trade that in for an MG midget and even I'm, smaller. What lighter. I'd like to do is go smaller. Do you have anything smaller than the small car? I Maybe have? older. Yeah. From 76. These are way too reliable and far too big. I'd like to go older, <laughs> less reliable, and smaller. Do you have a hand cart? Do you have a hand <laughs> cart with an engine? Because that's kind of where I'm headed. Anything that says radio flyer. I mean, Nick, Caymans are going to feel like a Spanish galleon to you. And yeah, they Todd's will. Todd's Elise would drive like the MSC Arena, the world's largest <laughs> container ship that's 400 meters long. Here's my solve. Nick, can the band, of which I, uh, I'm hearing increasingly frequent gigs. Good for you. Very cool. Can the band afford to purchase a really high mileage old Chrysler minivan? Mm-hmm. Like an old Dodge or who cares? You know, the ones that have been completely used up by a growing family and the first four kids have already driven it all the way through mm-hmm. high school and it's got 276,000 miles on it. Yep. Inexplicably, it still runs and it costs like 1400 bucks. Yeah. Maybe you could get it for like 750. What's fun? It's funny because I actually have that on my list as well. Really? Because you and I have toyed with this idea as a production vehicle I a couple know. times. Yes. Because here in Utah, there's a lot of big families, a lot of big Mormon families, uh-huh. and they go through cars like this and they sell them with a ton of miles and they've, they've been the family vehicles. They've kept them running. And a lot of these old minivans are quite cheap. Now, the question is, how reliable will it be? But you're talking, this is the, the folks came into town twice a year. This is, and it's becoming more common than that, but you're talking about upending everything you like about cars for something just to transport you and your bandmates. The answer is no, Nick. I don't think... Any suggestion that we give you for a large vehicle for 40 grand, you're going to get behind. I mm-hmm. personally, I don't mm-hmm. because you have said you want that spider abart. And to that, I say, yes, go scratch that itch. Go get yourself one. Sell the mini. You're ready to get rid of it. Whatever you do with the Triumph Spitfire is cool with me. It's cool, man. Mm. Just keep it, drive it. I get rid of it. That's cool too. You've had your your time with it, but you seem to want that car a lot. Mm-hmm. And you've already said mm-hmm. you provide the practice space, so you're already contributing. Yep. And you know you're the drummer, and you apparently own the bass amp. 
<laughs> you can use whatever janky minivan that you get because there won't be any of the, well, this is my car, guys, and I'm paying for gas. You all have to contribute contribute to gas money. Mm-hmm. You can all treat it however you want. And band equipment, you're just going to bash and throw it in there. Totally and agree. Totally knock agree. it about. And you're going to be trying to get to gigs, and it's going to be parked in weird places and scratch mm-hmm. and dent. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't care for this. You can't yeah. Yeah, just yeah. care for the mechanicals, the, the parts that run and get you there. Totally. That's the most yeah. important thing. But the exterior, you could have a pizza party with all your mates sharpies use spray paint or a magnetic mm-hmm. sign or a wrap and make that the band vehicle yeah that's good hey guys are you the band <laughs> we're totally with the band <laughs> yes that's our vehicle yeah. and it advertises you mm-hmm. and the best part is it's a write-off it advertises you point. guys yeah, that's a very good point there's some income coming in it sounds mm-hmm. like a little mm-hmm. bit maybe i mean you still got day jobs obviously but yeah. yeah yeah maybe a little bit more but this is the band's vehicle this is the knockabout mm-hmm. so when there's band related activities to get you guys to a gig or go pick up yeah, new yeah. instruments or whatever you're doing this is what i recommend and all four of you could pool in for 1400 bucks 300 a piece yeah yeah that's not bad that's hopefully one gig Interesting points. I, I, look, I, you and I are aligning a lot on this. I want to, <laughs> Nick. Crazy. I want to unpack this a couple different ways, but but ultimately, the big thing is you transporting instruments. In that moment, the most important thing happening is the instruments and you guys. Yes, everything else is irrelevant. And my question to you is: Have you reached a place? And, and I'm I'm not judging at all, Nick. I'm asking you this question: Have you reached a place in your life where being involved with this band and its success is more important to you than driving? Because life changes. Mm. Yeah. Priorities change. For sure. Okay? You don't have a big commute anymore. You've got two cars. You're barely even driving one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay? This band is starting to take off. That's pretty cool. If you've reached a place where that band and its success is more important to you than a fun thing to drive, then yes. In fact, I would still say minivan. Let's get you a transport vehicle. But that's not what I read. What I read is... I got all this band transport I need to do, and it's really mm-hmm. cool, and I like it. But you know what I want to have is a Fiat 124 Abarth. That's what I want. That's what yes. I'm reading in your email. Yes. So my thinking here is you don't want anything you have to care about when it has stuff in the back. You don't want to care. And this is where actually renting a van is great because then you don't have to worry about does it run. And also if the drum set scratches the interior, you go, and I don't care. And then you exactly. get it back at the end of the weekend. But I understand that could get expensive. What you guys need to do is figure out the numbers. How? What? Where's the trade-off? I don't know how much you guys are. Is it every weekend? Is it once a month? Is it twice a year? He's saying a lot It's now. starting to be a lot. So my question is, where's the, the price point tip over between renting vans or jumping and buying one to Paul's point? Because I actually think at some point the rental fees start to get enough that it makes sense to just buy one that's yours. Mm-hmm. But you guys, mm-hmm. I, get, I totally agree with Paul. You pool your money, you buy the band van. The band van. The band van. Oh, oh my gosh. Paint it however you want, and it just becomes, that's its purpose. All it needs to do is get you guys those places. And also, there's no preciousness. Yeah, exactly. Guys, I dented the side. Okay. Does it still get us to the gig? Does the door still close? Fine. You can write None on the of, outside, this is where Nick dented the door totally. with a Sharpie. And None that's like of part that of matters. The character. I also think you have two cars. You're in New York. You mm-hmm. clearly have space to park two cars. Yeah. You aren't driving either one of them much, the Triumph or the Mini. So sell them both. Yeah. And then what you can also give the band is the space to park the band van. You have the 124 Abarth that is your car. You're you're driving the Mini twice a week, which means you're probably never driving the Triumph. Get the 124, which let's be honest, is the modern version of the Triumph. Those cars absolutely replace each other. So get the 124 Abarth Spider. Enjoy that. Have that as your car. And wherever you were parking the Triumph, that becomes the parking space for the van that's now the band van. (laughs) <laughs> and you guys have got just something to jump into you don't have to care about. Yes. And also, it's almost like, this is going to sound weird, it's almost like putting on your costume. And I don't mean that in a weird way. I just mean like, you know how we dress for our events? I'm going to go work out now, or I'm going to go to a nice dinner, or I'm hanging out at home, whatever. Sure. The, the van is like part of the band costume. You're not, yes. in, you're not in the driver headspace of the 124 BART. You're in, we need to get the band somewhere, in the band van. Yeah, it's part of the I whole prep. I really like this. So this is where I think you go. You've got the space to put it, sell them both, buy you guys a cheap van. Everybody has to go in on it together. Yeah, for sure. Equal. For sure. And yes. then you get the 124 Bart and have fun. 
Wow, Nick, send music, send photos. Let us know what happens. We're very curious. Really appreciate it. If you've got a debate like Nick's, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, which are again coming soon because we're getting mm-hmm. lots of them. It's great. And your car debates. Thank you guys, as always, for great questions. I'm going to start right here with Bruce writing in on Instagram. says, if it's an epic ski day with fresh powder, it's also a day we need to podcast. How do we prioritize? Here's what happens. There's no episode. The guys are skiing. (laughs) No, actually, here's what happens. This is the great thing about being local to mountain biking and skiing. You, you You have a shift of priorities. You and I used to travel. For an entire weekend of skiing. We would drive Mm, from LA to Mammoth. You and me and my wife, we would drive five and a half hours to Mammoth. We would ski all day, every day, all of Saturday, all of Sunday, fall into the car and drive Mm -hmm, home. mm -hmm. When you move to a ski town, there's a shift. And you you know what you do? You go out when the lift's open and you're done before lunch. You go out for a couple hours. You're like, I'm good. Uh, You know what? I'll go again some other day. Yeah. You don't worry about that's it. True. So that's, that's what happens. True. We would go out for a couple hours. We do. Th- I mean, Paul and I have joked about having our uh, our weekly meeting on either the mountain bike or the skis. Yes. And we'll have a board meeting where we're talking when we're we're riding or whatever. And then we go on about our day, and that often is podcasting, so we end up doing both. Matthew Dirks on Instagram asks why automakers tie color combinations to trim levels. Mm. If they go all go down the same assembly line, it shouldn't matter from a production perspective. I posted photos of the newly announced Hyundai Ionic 5N. The performance EV mm-hmm. with N-Grin boost mode makes 641 yes. horsepower, and it's got a lot of N modes. So many, in fact, I'm not going to name them all. <laughs> One of them is drift mode. Yes. But Hyundai's pretty proud of all their different modes uh-huh. to make this an everyday sports car. They actually call it that, among many things. I was intrigued, so I went over and sat in it, took a bunch of photos of it, and it's intriguing to me about Hyundai getting on board with their EVs and doing the end thing, because everybody was wondering, mm-hmm. are you going to N-ify your EVs? Clearly they are, and it's got impressive specs. We just don't know how it's going to drive, and that's mm-hmm. what's got mm-hmm. everybody all up in arms here, especially Matthew, about the color combination. I like that Hyundai is doing this, and by doing that baby blue color, mm-hmm. that robin's egg blue with the red and black trim, it doesn't matter what car it is. You don't even need to know that it's a Hyundai. You just oh. know performance car. That's a Hyundai N. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. what is it? Ionic 5? They did that to the Ionic 5? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> when did that Ionic happen? 5. I'm sorry this had to happen to you. <laughs> but you know instantly. <laughs> but you do know. That is their color. That's their, their, that's performance, their performance division. Color. Yeah. Now, many manufacturers do it with badging. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the M badge for sure. BMW. Yeah. That signifies the yeah. motorsports division. And usually it's just a sequence of letters and numbers, but I like that Hyundai is doing this because as enthusiasts, we all know what that, that represents, what the performance and the engineering and the testing behind this vehicle makes it encouraging and intriguing to drive. And you're right, it shouldn't matter from a production perspective. Derek is actually writing in uh, asking questions related to seeing that photo as well. He said he understands that the that Ionic N can do 100% rear-wheel drive for drift mode. And he said, could, could this, this would probably be a ridiculous drift machine. Yes, it would be an absolute tire destroyer without a kind of power on electric. Tire companies just have to be like, sweet. You, you're going to have to carry extra <laughs> tires constantly if you want to drift yeah. this thing. But he said, is electric the future of enthusiasts? And this is almost a topic Tuesday, but, but my short answer <laughs> is all of the above is the hope for, for enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to have, well... You like cars, so here is your drivetrain choice. Here's your Hot Wheels. I don't think so. I, th- <laughs> I think all of the drivetrain choices are going to continue for a while, and I think hopefully that manufacturers are going to make all of the above trying to be fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I, I putting my <laughs> stake in the ground, if you will. EV crazy power, when you put your foot in it in a straight line, is not fun. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's a laugh a couple times in that same way of I just took off on a roller coaster, but like mm-hmm. for car ownership, mm, yeah, it's useful. Actually, very useful. I've seen it all the time. You see the electric car next to you, and they want to pass, and they just did. Well, it creates they passed safe everybody. You can pass everybody. You can get out of a situation. All yeah. that kind of stuff. Now there's the flip side where are we going to get to a place with more power than people could handle? And I would say yes, but electric instant power is useful. But it has a very short shelf life on being fun, something you seek out. I'm going to go drive my electric car and do a bunch of pulls. 
No, you're not. You're going to do that for the first week you own it, and you're going to make your all passengers your sick, and yeah. you're going to stop it, and you're never yeah. going to do it again. We take our fun cars out just to drive them. If you've ever done a fun car drive, you know you spend very little of the time when you're out in a fun drive with your foot buried to the firewall. It's about the entire drive. So the straight line of an EV is not going to be the thing we're all going to gravitate toward. I hope that manufacturers keep making cars that are genuinely fun to actually drive, no matter what the drivetrain is. Yeah, agreed. Max5ATX on Instagram asks for the most pleasing or satisfying sound, like an engine rev or an exhaust note or a door slam, that is associated with a car. Hmm. It is the first startup when you rebuild an engine. Because you're sobbing that all that money You've finally done made you have done this. noise. Uh-huh. All the money that I just spent makes noise. That's all that I needed to know. I'm, I mean, tears of joy and happiness. That's really good. Although door slams are very high on my list, and I judge cars by their door slam. Doesn't yes, matter do. what it is. Trucks, cars, minivans, I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. You will get judged by me for your door slam quality. Porsches are way up there. I have slammed some pretty nice doors on some Japanese cars. Could be a nice afternoon just going door slamming. (laughs) Going door slamming. (laughs) Well, aboard. It's a Saturday. Let's just go close a bunch of doors. Let's just just slam a bunch of doors. Test the sound. I really like it. Anthony Zerg is asking me a funny question that isn't really car related, but it makes me laugh. He said, do I find my luscious locks are dangerous hindrance when climbing? Do I rock a man bun for safety reasons? I have to laugh and I have to answer this. First off, man buns are right out. I don't care who you are. I don't care how your hair looks. I don't care what your situation is. There is no excuse for a man bun. I have never worn one. They are awful. Please stop. There's that. Secondarily, I have had long hair for a long time, but when I got married, and I'm actually connecting the dots here, which was a long time ago. When I got married, I actually had longer hair than my wife. Not because she was short-haired. It's because my hair was down just like at my shoulder blades, below my shoulder blades. I looked like the drummer for a garage band. Some of our early videos, you still had fairly long hair. You had gotten it chopped at that point. You still had some pretty long hair. So I had really long hair. And because it was so long, I most of the time wore it in a ponytail. But then I started getting it shorter. And and most of all the videos we've done, it's been worn shorter than that. And short enough that ponytail didn't always work. So now the flip side has happened. I started to grow it out a little longer again because I want it to be. And now it's gotten long enough. This is much more time than it should have been spent on this. Now that it's gotten long <laughs> enough, I'm actually starting to wear it in a ponytail again. I keep it out of my, my face when, right, when I want right. But all of you, and I've seen this on our meetups, all of you have only seen me with my hair down. I have been in situations where I put my hair up and people have done a double take because they're not sure who I am. Seriously? Yes. It happened on both of our last two meetups. Somebody was like, who are, oh, oh gosh, it's you. My my mom recently <laughs> my mom recently sent a photo to one of her like longtime friends okay. and they were trying to figure out who the guy was in the photo of my wife and son and my because I had my hair back. Are you serious? And my mom was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> so anyway, so I, I wear it back now and then it's becoming more common now. Hey, if I had hair, I'd grow it down to my loins. <laughs> but see, if I did that now, I'd have a skullet, which isn't really too yeah, great. I understand. But, yes. You know, I have low shampoo bills. You do. So I'll just put that out there. You do. Bradley J. 1983 says this Hyundai Ioniq 5N looks like a spaceship. Do we think at some point automotive design will try and mimic analog interiors of the past in looks and aesthetic feel while still having the tech built in? Sort of like a new but stylish record player. Would you like to see our very stylish record player? You can upgrade for a small fee to our stylish 8-track model. (laughs) We have touched on this, Bradley, and I think you're absolutely right. I think... What's old is going to become new again if it mm-hmm. hasn't already. Mm-hmm. And the tactility of buttons, the things, the motion, the just motion of switches and levers. The new Panamera is a great example. There is no shift knob in the new interior of the new Panamera. We do get triple screens, but it's actually the Manatino, the little button mm. on the steering wheel to put it into gear. That's really all you need. We even need less than that. True. Soon, Fair AI point. will just yeah. think us into gear. We'll just... <laughs> Think, I think, <laughs> I'm, th- I'm picking up on drive. Are you thinking drive? We'll, we'll choose drive. Let's go with drive. You're, you want to drive? Let's go. It's the smallest of buttons. Mm-hmm. We don't need it. And gosh, back in the day, there was like that push button transmission on 60s cars. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, no, you need a giant lever or three on the tree or whatever. <laughs> but there's just something about the tactility and the ownership that you have operating a machine and being in control of a machine that will never go away. The human over machine kind of feel Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what we're reading Mm -hmm. in the news. 
the machines are going to take over. Skynet's already being built or it's True. launched or something. Yeah. <laughs> the movies were just like, here's what's coming. There, there, I have to bring it up. There is a, there is a business in town here whose name <laughs> relates to Skynet. I know. It is a business called Sentient Lasers, and I'm sorry, but those two words should not be together. Lasers that think? No, no. Todd is freaked no, out. No, no. Not okay. Gosh. Clayton is saying, wait a minute. Didn't we go to the LA Auto Show? Did we see that all of the shift knobs on cars of the LA Auto Show were taken off so they don't get stolen? Clayton, this has been a plague in auto shows for a while now, unfortunately, because people will sit in a car at an auto show and take off a souvenir and walk out with it. So manufacturers have gotten smart enough. They take them off in advance. It's a real bummer, but it unfortunately is an ongoing thing. I will say I was a little surprised to see it on the press day mm. because mm -hmm. I've been to plenty of auto shows on the normal days and all of the shift knobs or anything you could take off the car got taken off by the manufacturer. But the press day, generally they don't. But this year there were a few where they'd already done it. And just go through with flathead screwdriver and try to pry up stuff. If it doesn't come I off, think so. you know what? It doesn't come off with fingernails or something you can twist yeah. and you leave it. Otherwise, we'll take it off, put it in a big bucket, put it back on later. Amateur 911 is also asking about the car. Is this the first EV that isn't a one-trick pony of any kind, giving mm. us gobs of torque and actually trying to give us some engagement because of the numbness of being electric? I do feel like car manufacturers have at least thought about it. Mm-hmm. The desire to create performance cars and cars that are fun to drive will never go away. The people who work at car companies want to build something that's fun to drive. Marketing wants to give us something that is fun to drive. Can we stop talking about how many people and cup holders and stuff you can fit in? Flat mm -hmm. floor. That was the whole theme of the LA Auto Show. It was Ooh, like, flat floor. Look how much backseat space is. Like, I know it's a flat floor. It's an EV. It's, <laughs> you didn't do anything. Just, <laughs> Yay, you. Stop it. Uh-huh. Car companies are going to want to build something and they're going to have to figure out and every car company is going to do it differently, which encourages me. Mm. It needs mm. to be fun to drive. For the next sports car, whatever, mm -hmm. they need to make it more engaging. Otherwise, the automotive press is going to eviscerate those companies and be like, yeah, yeah. don't buy that thing. Why are you putting all the dollars behind this? It needs to be different. And I think there will still be technology that will enable cars to be fun and different and different powertrains. I think they will all exist, to your point, Todd. Mystic Negro always ponders big things, and he has a con conversation here about Top Gear. Now, this is UK Top Gear, which when I say Top Gear, UK Top Gear, most of you instantly identify it with Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond, mm -hmm. who we all know have not been on Top Gear for the better part of a decade now. Right. Okay, so let's think about th those terms. You may have watched the recent Top Gear, which was Chris Harris, Patty McGinnis, and Freddie Flintoff. Freddie is a former cricketer, and he was in a wreck in a Morgan three-wheeler, the details have not been released, but he got severely hurt, hurt enough that they have ultimately canceled the show, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I hope he heals up. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm horrified to have heard this happened, okay? Chris Harris is focused on uh, collecting cars, and Patty McGinnis is a comedian, and so they've all moved on to the things, and Freddie will be a, a commentator on lots of things, and they'll all go on to mm -hmm. the things. But the point is that the initial announcement was the Top Gear is canceled, and everybody kind of freaked out. Now the rumor is that Top Gear is on hiatus, suggesting that it might come back at some point because it is a huge brand for the BBC. It is big IP. Well, if they're on hiatus, Mystic Negro is hearing rumblings, I'm not sure where, where people are saying, bring the boys back, meaning Clarkson, May, and Hammond. And he's saying, Ooh. is this possible? And then he's saying, is this necessary? And then he's saying beyond that, have any of these guys done anything of note in the last decade? Let me see if I can unpack this quickly. First off, you don't bring those guys back. You're right. They have done it. It is time to try let new people doing new things. But the problem is anybody else you put in those roles gets compared to those guys. They were the definitive. By the way, they weren't the inventors of Top Gear. Top Gear's been around forever. It's just Clarkson reinvented it in 03 with his uh, Andy Woolman, his producer friend. Mm -hmm. And so we all think of Top Gear as just those guys. It's existed long before those guys. So somebody else can carry it forward, as we've seen over the last five or 10 years. But those guys went to Amazon. They're never coming back to BBC. They like the freedom of being in Amazon. But here's the crazy thing. They are slowly putting out grand tour stuff. But each of those three guys have got their own private deals with Amazon, and they are putting out various shows with Amazon that are each of them individually. James May's doing travel stuff. Richard Hammond's done all kinds of crazy th stuff. And Clarkson is very successful with the Clarkson farm. Didn't I just see that got re-upped for another three seasons it's, or something? Well, he's done at least three seasons okay. already. 
Yeah. So he he has cracked because he's Jeremy Clarkson and he's famous. He has cracked how to make a farm make him money, and it's making him money because it's a TV show. Right. Which is not the way you make money on a farm, by the way. But anyway, he's got his little farm shop and all the other things. But my point is, each of those guys have done non-Top Gear things since mm-hmm. leaving Top Gear for Amazon. And then they occasionally just show up to do their contractual obligation for for Grand Tour. But there is no reason for them to go backwards. BBC wouldn't want them. Let's have somebody else do it. But those guys are going to continue making content for as long as people will watch. And I cannot believe Jeremy Clarkson is now a farmer, and I'm including myself, and we're all watching him do that. You're right. When you break it down like that, I was telling my niece about your your ability to do the James Cameron podcast and just break it down because I I mentioned the Abyss mm-hmm. re-release that was remastered. He remastered and apparently they're doing a one night only theater thing that I'm going to try to go to. Oh no kidding! To. Yeah, Marvin Forty Seven says people will often make huge generalizations that Japanese cars are reliable, American cars are huge, and European cars are overly complicated and expensive. Mm. Does a similar line of thinking exist in the world of watches? Ooh, how much time do you have, Marvin? Wow, that's a whole different... Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> I am checking out. There's the door. <laughs> so Todd left, and uh, I feel like it's different in the world of watches, Marvin. Car enthusiasts love doing this. Putting a BMW M5 engine into something American. Movements in watches can go into any watch manufacturer. So you have to ultimately decide, are you buying... The manufacturer itself, the, the movement, are you buying for style and design or are you buying for both? And the companies that make their own movements and design their own watches, those get really expensive, just kind of like European cars too. But there's a lot of Japanese watches doing the same thing. And there's great watches that source a Swiss movement and put it in their design. And that is still a Swiss watch because it's got the Swiss heart in it. And they're still very valid and very well done watches. So that is more a little bit like the uh, the build car kind of thing, the project car, but it's from the manufacturer with a warranty still. It really depends on the manufacturer itself. So n- there's not as many generalizations across the board in, in the world of watches like we do for cars, but you're not wrong. What, what you just said still kind of makes sense. Yeah, Japanese are, cars are pretty reliable. On the other hand, Porsches are too. On the other hand, well, there's American cars that have been tiny, even though I can't think of a small American car anymore. Mustang's huge. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Wait, what? Small American Todd cars? Todd just came back in the yeah, door. Yeah, exactly. No, but, but Marvin's, Marvin, you're, do you think people make generalizations? That's weird. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is a thing for sure. And and you're right. Small American cars, there were good ones. Ford was making a few for a while until they killed them all. Until they made the Mustang weigh 39, almost 4,000 mm-hmm. pounds. And they killed the Fiesta, which was awesome. Yeah. They make the Cougar? No. The closest to the small American car right now is the Chevy Bolt. Which, while having a small shape, is also quite heavy because, of course, it's an electric car. Here's a random one. Buick. Why is Buick in survival or continuing to make the weird-looking things that it is? Because Buick is popular in China. Mm. So Buick lingers on. I mean, Mm -hmm. not only are you dealing with the generalizations here, Marvin, but I think it's fascinating what the generalizations are in other countries as well. That's true. The whole reason Buick sells in China is because young money in China views all of the classic luxury cars as old people cars and have latched on to Buick of all <laughs> That's things. That's true. That's true. When, yeah. when GM was culling all their brands, I was like, wait, wait, wait. You killed Pontiac and kept Buick? Agreed. Until I heard that Buick had this reputation in China because all of the traditional brands are old people cars. But Buick is our luxury car. And I thought, wow, that was a poor choice. But Buick lingers on. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. We'll leave things there and always look forward to next time. Thank you for writing. Cheers, everyone.